Well, before I forget, I'm going to mention right off the bat a little bit of housekeeping here. Um, for December, January, February, we're going to be uh, doing Mass in the, in the chapel. So uh, December 1st is this Thursday, so for this Thursday, let's, let's meet in the chapel. And I'll put some signs up on the doors that will do that. And we'll see how it goes this year, and we'll see what we want to do next year. Um, but maybe just for the sake of the ease of snow removal and heating and things like that, we'll be in the chapel. We'll get some use out of the nice chapel that we put together, too, as well. We have a, a nice new altar. Uh, we've got the altar we're going to be putting in that is from the original St. Patrick's in Savannah. So it's, it's, a, it's designed quite a bit like that, similar to that, at least, to this high altar up here. So... Um, that's a nice addition, and we'll see if we, what we can do with kneelers. I think that's the big issue there is the kneelers. Um, and then also, tomorrow, um, I'm going to, it's the feast, uh, it's a feast day tomorrow. I'm going to offer Mass here in the morning, so if you want to come again, we'll invite you again here, we'll just do what we did uh, in, in the church, not in the chapel, here in the church tomorrow. Um, we'll do Mass in the morning. And then in the evening, we've got the Memorial Mass. I invite you to that as well. Uh, even if you don't have anybody who you're especially, you know, whose memory you're commemorating, come to that as well. Okay, well, uh, Advent is on us. Uh, it's a beautiful season. I mean, it's it's priceless. It's absolutely priceless. I love the scripture readings that we encounter in Advent, and uh, it's just a beautiful thing. We see um, in Advent, uh, we've got this theme of the coming. That's what Advent in Latin means. Adventus means the, the coming. And um, there is uh, the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. And in the scriptures, sometimes it's hard to tell them apart. So the metaphor that, that we might use um, is a, a, a mountain range. Okay, So imagine two distinct mountains that are connected, but they got two distinct peaks. Okay? And uh, if you see them from a certain perspective, you can distinguish the two. But what happens when you view them like that, right? When they're foreshortened and you view them from a certain perspective, you can't tell them apart. They kind of, you know, sort of melt into a single peak. And sometimes that's what it looks like when you read the Old Testament, especially talks about the coming of the Messiah. Um, You know, the the first coming in the lowliness of Christ's flesh is is a little babe in the manger uh, and then you've got Christ's second coming in his glory as judge of the world. And uh, they kind of merge together in the Old Testament. It's sort of hard to tell them apart. And then as salvation history uh, progresses and kind of spreads out, that perspective starts to change a little bit. And you can, oh, now, we've, now we can distinguish the two different comings. And they, it becomes a little more clear. Um, so we kind of see that tension all throughout Advent as the first and second comings of the Lord. Sometimes they look like they're the same, and then sometimes we can distinguish them. Uh, but in any event, uh, the coming of the Messiah will be characterized by the special gifts of the Holy Spirit, special endowment of the Holy Spirit. We see this in the Gospel. Jesus rejoices in the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's a beautiful thing. And then in our first reading from Isaiah, the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah, written hundreds and hundreds of years before the birth and the coming of of Jesus. It says, On that day a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. Jesse is David's, King David's father. So, uh, and and from his roots a bud shall blossom. So essentially there's going to be a descendant of Jesse and King David who's going to come 
This is this messianic figure whom we're expecting, okay? And it says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. It mentions fear of the Lord twice to add up to seven. Seven-fold Spirit of God. Seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, in the coming, in the days before the apostles, the Old Testament was translated into Greek. And in that translation, these two, uh, repetitions of the fear of the Lord were distinguished between piety and fear of the Lord. And so when the apostles preached, they preached with these very seven clearly distinct gifts in mind. Uh, and so that's where our tradition comes with the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, We're members of the mystical body of Christ. Christ is the head, we're the body. And so if Christ is endowed with these seven gifts, then so also are we, through baptism, being incorporated through that sacrament into the mystical body of Christ, the grace of the Holy Spirit that is upon the head flows down to the body and to us, the members of the body. And so we, through baptism, have the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And these are very beautiful and special gifts uh, along with the gifts, of course, we receive the virtues of faith, hope, and love, and then the cardinal virtues of prudence and justice and fortitude and uh, temperance. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think you've probably heard me preach before the virtues, the three virtues of faith, hope, and love. Faith and hope eventually disappear. Right now we walk by faith, but in heaven we will have arrived at the... Uh, object of faith, and so we won't have faith anymore in heaven, and we won't have hope because what we what we're hoping for now <clears throat> we'll have attained, we'll have achieved in heaven. Um, and so love is what endures, and that's very important. But along with love, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit endure. That's a, that's an amazing thing to think about. So those seven gifts go on for eternity, okay? And we get to exercise them right now in this life uh, when we cultivate a life of prayer and the spiritual life. Uh, we begin to understand the importance of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, basically how I would explain it is like this. A nice metaphor I'll leave you with this is, with the virtues of faith, hope, and charity, um, we have a, a special endowment from God that uh, elevates our natural faculties of reason and will. Okay? And then uh, whenever we exercise our reason and our will and acts of faith, hope, and love, we have the help of God's grace to do that. Um, but the motor energy of these salvific acts is our own reason and our own will. Okay, so there's a, there's the motor energy is, is human. But in the spiritual life, we're going to encounter challenges and trials where we'll be tempted uh, in such a way that, you know, our own human reasoning and our own human uh, mode of operation is not going to cut it. We're going to need a special inspiration. And uh, that's where the gifts of the Holy Spirit come in, to help us to exercise uh, moral, moral virtues and moral rectitude in our spiritual life. And there's special inspirations that are given to us when we need them, uh, if we're open to them. And we need them. We need them for growth in holiness. We need them to be Christians. 
St. Paul says it's those who are led by the Spirit of God who are the sons of God. Okay, so this is really, really key in Romans chapter 8. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons of God. He's referring to these, these inspirations of the Holy Spirit that come into our life and help us. So the metaphor that I've read, it's a helpful one, is imagine uh, you're in a rowboat. you got a rowboat and you're working your way across uh, a lake. Okay, now uh, you've got the oars and it's with your own strength that you're pushing those oars. That's the virtues of faith, hope, and love. All right, they operate according to a human mode of your, your, your intelligence and your will. And you're doing this, you're doing this, but the, uh, you know, things are getting a little bit tough. You're kind of getting tired and you need some extra help. Well, you got a sail. You got some sails. And so then you open up the sails and the wind comes and pushes the boat across the, the lake. Um, and you're not doing any work. So it's a, it's help that comes from above. Inspiration. That's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's like the wind blowing and helping us, um, uh, achieve our goal and our destiny in the Christian life. Uh, but that all comes through participation in the, in the beautiful, um, uh, messianic promise that is realized first and foremost in our Savior Jesus Christ who comes to us this Advent season. And my brothers and sisters, he comes to us on the altar in the Eucharist. So remember, when we receive Jesus in the Holy Eucharist today, Jesus, the resurrected Lord, is present with the fullness of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we receive him into our bodies and into our souls in Holy Communion, and thereby the gifts of the Holy Spirit are strengthened in us.